welcome to the latest episode of Let's Talk Talent. Once again, joined by Joe. Joe, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Um, this week's podcast is come about through a suggestion from a listener, which we always welcome. So, any before I go on to what our topic is, um, always please always feel free to put topics forward, and we, we'd love to cover them. So, this topic come. From I know one of your connections on on LinkedIn, um, and he was he was asking whether we could uh, tackle the subject around bur- people burning out at work. Yeah. Um, which the more and more I read on the pr- read in the press and see on the news, it's just so it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of a question to kick off: What what, what can organisations and and us as an HR profession do? to try and prevent burnout at work? So I think it's a really good question. And, you know, being honest with you, I definitely remember four years ago when I left Talk Talk feeling burnt out. And that wasn't just because I'd been working sort of 16-hour days um, for four years. It was more to do with my sort of mental and physical capacity to take on anymore yeah so I actually think burnout is really cannot be dismissed um, and should be looked at more broadly in the world as part of well-being yeah and I know that there are there are a lot of I, I know that you know as you said you read in the press a lot of people talking about well-being and you know world mental health day and you know there's 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 a lot of um, it's very to- it's very topical, but I think that what I'm finding is is that organisations need to look at two things. They need to think about first of all how does this feed into their their well-being agenda. So how are they equipping their people and genuinely equipping as well, yeah. rather than a tick box. Yeah. So how are they how are they equipping their managers? So HarperCollins and EU Networks, two clients of ours, have, have recently been doing workshops for managers specifically around uh, mental health and you know the well-being agenda. That's interesting. Specifically from their managers actually asking because their managers didn't feel equipped. I can imagine, right? Because you're never going to be taught on how mm-hmm. to how to deal with that. For, with employees. No, and I've been in that. I've been in that situation where you know something's wrong with somebody, but you don't want to say. You don't want to ask them. You don't know what to say. So I think companies are are wising up. But the danger of doing that is that you start to create more processes, and again, you start to hmm. frighten your managers to be looking for every little thing. Yeah. And actually, for me, it's much more about having a conversation and being empathetic as a manager. And if you know in your gut that something isn't right, finding ways to have that conversation. But it's also up to the individual. And I think that's what gets forgotten in burnout. It's actually an individual's responsibility to say, I'm feeling burnt out or I'm not feeling great and have that conversation as well. And the, the more that we decouple those two, the more we don't actually tackle the problem. Yeah. And that's what I think EU Networks and um, HarperCollins are doing really well because they're tackling it from both an employee perspective and from a manager perspective. 
and they're really trying to equip both to have those honest and open dialogue and give tips and tricks and techniques to help people spot the signs. Yeah. And would you say those two organisations are in the minority by focusing on both? I don't think they're in the minority because I think there's a lot there's a lot more emphasis. But I think the way that they're trying to do it is very inclusive rather than sort of sheep dip people through sort of programmes. Um, but they're also, in doing that, they're looking at the, the environment. So that was my sort of second point in terms of, you know, burnout. You can equip people to have the right conversations and you can hmm. create the right policies around it. But if you're still sending emails at 10 o'clock at night, yep. if you always have to be in the office at 8 o'clock, if, you know, this always on tendency, yep. then you're sort of being countercultural to what you're telling people to look out for because everything that's set up in that business is telling you I've got to be present because I've got to be in the office. Yeah. I've got to answer emails because my manager's sending me emails at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And therefore it just builds up and builds up. In a way, do you think there's a, there's a consequence of flexible working in a way? In terms of you've got more people more organisations offering up flexible working to, to, to try and counter this. Yeah. But then as a result of that, people are working, people within teams are working different hours. People are working more evenings, working more uh, early in the morning because they're trying to be more flexible. But then I guess as a manager, if it's, you shouldn't be sending emails at eight, nine o'clock at night, but then that's because of flexible working, how the employees are, working at that time but then others aren't as a manager I guess it's very difficult to cater for all members of your team that's why it needs to be more individualistic I think yeah. you need to you know I remember the CEO of Talk Talk Dido saying I need I go home every day um, at four o'clock I'm off email from four o'clock until seven o'clock because I want to have dinner with my children put them to bed yeah I then will be back on email now I do not expect, she said this to the, to the senior management group, I do not expect you to reply. If you choose to reply, that is your choice. Yeah. Every single SMG member, sort of, at the time, I remember there was kind of like a hush around the room, and we sort of half believed it and half didn't because we knew who the CEO was. I would, it would take a very strong person not to reply to a CEO email um, if, she, if she emailed you at Correct. Hand at night so I think there is I think there's unwritten rules within organizations that are not necessarily um, catered for and that they're perpetuated because it's just easy to send the email yeah. I mean, you know you know you and I run small businesses and so we you know, I work at I work at weekends. I choose to do I choose to do yep. that, but I don't expect an associate who's working with me to reply. Um, it's lovely if they do, but it but you yeah, know, yeah, I'm yeah, setting yeah, about yeah, I'm yeah. setting a bad yep. example, and I know that I'm not the greatest I'm not the greatest role model in that because I because <laughs> I I love to work. Yeah. But I also have managed teams where people have had kids and they want you know, and I've I've been open to being flexible. When I've had a conversation with that person, 
rather than being stuck with a rule and a template that I need to, you know, um, adhere to because my HRD says, or oh, we can only offer, you know, um, nine day fortnights or you get, my boss, my last boss said to me, I don't care where you work for. I just care that you get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've got to spend more time really unpacking what we mean by flexible working because there's a tendency that flexible working means working from home and that we're not working. Yeah. And with cost cutting in businesses, there is there is a real move to not have offices and have much more remote. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there is statistics that say that people work harder when they work from home because they feel like they have to prove that it's a, it's a privilege. Yeah. And I think that's really sad. Absolutely. So I think I think things like that have to change. Until we start trusting people to do the right thing, yeah. then we're always going to have these situations where we say one thing, but the organisation cues and clues that we're actually have in place are saying the complete opposite. So you kind of, people don't really know where they fit in that. Um, so I, I definitely think we're at a, I think we're at a watershed moment because there are there are more people with mental health um, issues being able to speak out. Yeah. There is more stress because businesses have got smaller and and people are doing more than they did. Yeah, people are going to have to work longer. Yeah, you know, so people are going to have to work this into their seventies because of you know the economy yeah i think global the world is becoming more globalized so mm -hmm. there's a friend of mine who looks after um she's the global hrd so she has a team in uh, singapore she has a team in dubai she has a team in the us so she basically has to get up really early to talk to her team in singapore do the stuff in the uk and then work later yeah, yeah, yeah. You've kind of got to be careful what you wish for. That's a fantastic. She's got the most fantastic job, but she's still got three kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. One of the questions I had down to ask you is around. Um, I, I may, I, I may have got this incorrect, but apparently in France, employees have the right to disconnect from emails after six p.m. Wow. So not sure if that's true, but it, no, but it's, and it got me thinking. You know, should that be something that should be mandatory for all organisations? But then, how, one, how do you police it? But then, I suppose to your point, what you just said, then from a globalisation perspective, you, everyone's on different time zones. I think it goes back to the culture and the environment that you want to create. I think it's. I I think I remember somebody, an IT director, saying to me that. He just doesn't use email anymore. So I'm thinking to myself, well, is email going to become redundant? You know, because there is, you know, this Slack. Yeah. Now, if someone was saying at the round table that she has to disconnect her Slack notifications because she can get 200 Slack notifications a day. So what we've replaced... We, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Technology, I, you know, I, I, I sort of bore myself a little bit with this, so apologies. Um, but I think technology has actually hindered... Um, and, and enhanced um, burnout more than it's actually helped. Well, I agree in a way, to be fair, because 
you, know, you see instances these days where people can be literally sat opposite each other. And rather than speak to each other, they will use Slack. They will write an email. Yes. Um, and one of the dangers of those either of those channels is misinterpretation. So, you know, you receive an email which may not be intended the way it's written, but but the interpretation that someone else can think, oh my God, they're having a go at me for something, which then they're not, but it's interpretation, which then can lead to stress, et cetera, et cetera. Whilst if you just opened your mouth to each other, you can have a conversation. I totally agree. The amount of times that, you know, when I first started... um, my job at Channel 4 years ago where I would get an, an email from my boss and it was it came across as quite shouty um, you know it was in capital letters um, but that's just the way that she always used to forget to put take the caps lock off <laughs> and, but until I actually asked her yeah it was really upsetting me and you know I remember my husband sitting down with me and saying you know you're I like to think of myself as a pretty strong, resilient person, but everyone has their limits. Yeah. And we are in danger of burning people out because I don't, I think we've lost the art of communication. Yeah. Because we communicate in, you know, Twitter, you know, Mm. with a a limited amount of characters. Um, And I don't think it's just, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't think this is just a generational thing. Because I was wondering whether actually this is because I'm, you know, coming, you know, I'm, I'm Generation X, I think. And, you know, whether this is me trying to adapt to, you know, a millennial world. Mm. But actually you're finding more millennials coming out of businesses and setting up on their own because they, do, because they are burnt out than ever before than you did when I was, you yeah. know, you or I were working. Mm. Um, we're so still working actually. we are still working we're having a, we are but, we do, but, we're, but, we're, but we're working for ourselves so we have more control whereas I don't think I think there's still a command control it's like yeah. it, it's, we still don't trust people enough we still the technology in some businesses is not good enough to allow people to have that flexibility we, we're cat handed in the way that we deal with stress and burnout um, because we tend to put it into a process, mm. and then you get moved from HR to uh, occupational health to, and it just it, it's just not it's dehumanising. Yeah, let's put the human back in 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 this because we are de- you know we read all the time that we're going to be replaced by robots. The way that we're dealing sometimes with burnout is robotic, and I think we've got to. Um, put the human back. That's a really key point. That's a really, really key point. Um, this is such a broad topic. We're not, we're not unfortunately, listeners, we're not going to find the magic answer on this on this podcast. But, but Joe, is there I don't know, any guidance you would give to listeners in terms of somewhere they could go and visit to find some really good examples of how organisations have um, tackled burnout, well-being, places where you've seen which could be just useful sources of information for any of our listeners? Well, I think a lot of, I think it's a very hot topic and there's a lot of well-written articles on, you know, if you look at People Management Magazine or you look on LinkedIn, there's some great 
people that talk about it. I mean, Simon Sinek, you know. Yeah. Um, to name, you know, to name one. Um, you know, Harvard, there's, got, there's, a, there's some very interesting articles recently that Harvard have published around sort of the future of work and, you know, uh, managing people. There's some great TED Talks about yeah. finding the sort of individual. Um, I mean, people that I know that that I think are have set their businesses up around this is um, Nina Grunfeld at Life Clubs. Right. So Life Clubs is all about you know thinking about the individual and and putting it's the old things that we used to do in careers around life skills. Yeah. But they are open. Um, programs that people can go to yeah. but they also work with businesses and I think they're one of the best I suppose providers mm. um, because they're very it's very practical it's um, very individualistic and it's all about empowering and and giving back control to uh, people yeah so I think there's lo there's loads but my overall advice is that one size doesn't doesn't fit all and this is not the only responsibility of HR. This is the responsibility of the senior management team. Yeah. Therefore, collectively, you need to decide what is the right approach and what fits and make sure that people understand how they can get support, where they can get support, and what your role in it yeah. is. And I guess as well, I get, for, for me, it's truly believe in it don't do this just as a tick box exercise because if you're just doing it to totally tick agree. box exercise because you're seeing lots of it in the press and you want to be kind of get that message out you've got you know to, to really care for your people you've got to put them first and genuinely believe in this and just don't do it as a tick box, tick, a tick box exercise i think you're totally right because it is the number one challenge that hr faces um so this can't be taken lightly um so we do need to wake up as, a, as the HR profession, but totally need to fit your culture and needs to be put, put the human back into organisations. Great. Well, thanks, Joe. And um, if any of you have got issues, challenges, topics, themes you'd like us to tackle in, on future podcasts, please just uh, drop us an email, info at letstalktalent.co.uk. And you can, uh, or just fill out the message box directly on the on the on the website. Um, but until next time, um, speak to you soon. Bye bye.